Friday afternoon, Deploy is going to be at ViewConf March 2nd through 4th in Austin, Texas. Do you want me to say some funny shit? Too fucking bad. I got a thing to pitch. We're going to record an episode while we're down there. Come see us. Hang out. Learn some view. Blake's going to be there. He promised. In typical John Wick fashion, he got hurt, but he's just going to lay low and recover for a bit mm-hmm. and get out there and get his revenge. Wait, 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 wait. I have yeah. to go back a little bit yeah. for two reasons. One, because I missed it, and two, because yeah. the listeners missed it. All right. Wow. Is your cat named after John Wick? Well, well that's his nickname. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bobby Yeager is his nickname. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Scout, but he after he brought enough birds to our doorstep, we, he became the boogeyman. <laughs> so he is Bobby Yeager. I just watched the third of movie i, still, I haven't seen oh, it i haven't seen it yet so I, great because i'm waiting uh me and my wife uh well i've seen the second one she hasn't seen the second one yeah. so i gotta watch the second one yeah. with her and then we can watch the yeah. third one. Oh, so good yeah uh, i had not been indoctrinated until the new one came out mm. and so tyrell um mm. we had obligatory john wick watch party did. in the office yeah I, I think that that i think that's a good thing mm-hmm. it's so good it's, it's so good, good. I it saw is, yeah. I saw a, a video. I was telling Alan about it the other day of of him doing gun training. Oh uh, man, yeah, I yeah. love that video. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like holy shit. Playing John Wick turned him into John Wick. Yeah, he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, directors never expected the franchise to take off. They just thought this would be fun, right? And they made the first John Wick, and then the studio came back, and they were just like, "Here's a lot of money. Can you make another one?" Yeah. And they're like, "Sure, do that like, again." How do we make? Well, they said, "How do we make?" a better John Wick and they're just like we just make Keanu Reeves better and so they like invested in a ton of training for him and they turned him into the, they turned the him 60 into, million yeah. dollar man yeah yeah. yeah. so now he's like super lethal yeah and you don't want to to harsh his mellow it's so good mm-hmm. oh god Makes it even so better. I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might. Yeah. I just, I, like, they're talking about it. It's like, oh, so good. Uh, I watched um, Ford versus Ferrari, too. I haven't seen that yet. So I hear good, good things. I've heard yeah. it's good. It's Willow really was good. saying it was really good. Really good. I want to see it. I like cars just in general, but um, yeah, I was I was actually surprised how good it was. Hmm. Yeah. I watched Dr. Sleep. Have you guys seen that yet? No. Any, any no. Stephen King, The Shining fans? Mm? No. Oh, I know what you're talking so about. So, Doctor Sleep's sequel to yeah. The Shining. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And, uh, How was it, that? It was better than. It was. It was good, not great. Oh, I thought okay. you were going to okay. say better than The Shining. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't although, believe it. I'll be honest. It's <laughs> The more Shining's true. not for me like that far up there. So even in Stephen King movies, that's the me, thing. Yeah. It's more true to Stephen King than The Shining because Stephen King hates Stanley Kubrick's. Mm. rendition of the shining because it's right it like strips a bunch of the spiritual like out of the like, shining the shining which right. is like the whole point of which it. is the name and, of and he, yeah yeah, and yeah. there's like went, one little bit yeah. in the kitchen i think where they yeah. discuss what it is and that's about it yeah. yeah and so of course they go what's funny is they go way more in detail about the shining in uh dr sleep and you're just like oh okay that's what all that nonsense was what's about, about? Yeah. that makes a lot more sense okay that's uh, what i look forward to to seeing it because yeah I I usually watch The Shining like every Halloween. It's it's kind of in my rotation because it's almost like background noise. Like I watch my favorite parts, obviously, kind of go like, oh, and here here's Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I'd seen the trailer to that, and I knew that it looked like they were going to go deeper on on The Shine. They uh, went they went heavy on The Shine. Mm. I've, I'm never, so, I've never seen that the, movie. The Eaters of The Shine. You've never mm-hmm. seen The Shining. I've never Eaters seen that movie. Of the Shining. Yeah, that's, all, that's all you get. That's all you get. Oh, you got to go get okay. the rest. I don't. Yourself. No, that's all I need. Yeah. I, I really don't like scary movies, so oh. I just, yeah. I can understand that. I don't know. It's one of those things. I saw it at such a young age, and I've seen it so many times that I've lost my perspective on how scary it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because yeah. I know everything about it. Yeah. yeah, those two, those two little girls. 
That's, like, that's, yeah. That's still creepy. You know what I didn't get the privilege <laughs> of doing was seeing it in theaters in a dark room, uh, not knowing what's going to happen. That was probably right. quite a bit more suspenseful yeah. in yeah, that, in I that can setting. Imagine. Yeah. It's become enough a part of the pop culture lexicon that you know the references, mm, so they are right. not as scary or disturbing for you. Yes. When they happen. The mm. elevator of blood dumping out mm. and the mm. twins. The and, and through the door. And, yeah. 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 There's, yeah, There's quite a few things there. We, we just talked about the shining without spoiling it for anyone. Yeah. That's true. That's exciting. Mm. Because um, they would have already known the references. All those, yeah. mm-hmm. I was tempted to go into other stuff and I was like, And then at the things? end, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For mm. as far as movie adaptations of Stephen King's work, I just can't get past my my favorites are the terrible made for TV series, oh, yeah. uh, the Stand, the Stand, and the Langoliers. The Langoliers, yeah. oh, man, that man. was terrible, so yeah. bad. I that was on uh, a couple years ago. I don't know if it's still there. It was on Netflix. Oh yeah, and I found I it and I was like, fuck yeah! And the, the girl that I was seeing at the time hadn't seen it, and I was like, we're mm. making popcorn watching the Langoliers, and I hadn't seen it since I was like ten. Oh, yeah. so and bad. I was like, holy shit, this is bad <laughs> I, dr- uh, I drug sarah through the stand on tv recently and she's like oh we don't mm. we don't need to ever watch that again I was like, yeah you're probably right yeah I'm, it's got <laughs> gary sinise in it yeah i love yeah. gary sinise i'm reading that one uh too that's that's a slow read i get to mm. a good stopping point and i'm like yeah i'll pick that up a couple months from now mm. like mm. it's very heavy is it okay. yeah I haven't, I haven't read it's the end of the end of the world, basically. Yeah, yeah. I've watched the TV one. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I haven't read the book though yet. Um, it's it's on the list though. Mm-hmm. I'll get to it eventually. Um, so have you guys seen the trailer for that Hansel and Gretel movie? Mm-mm. I tried to watch it. I tried, Dude, it I looks tried to, terrifying. I want to see it. I want to see the trailer, but I've tried to watch it a couple times, and Sarah's been near, and she's like, "No, turn it <laughs> yeah, off." Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so, okay, so my wife and I went to go see a movie this past weekend, which. A, never happens, you know, so it was great. And B, uh, so we're sitting there before the movie, and they showed, it was like, scary movie trailer, scary movie trailer, scary movie trailer. And I'm like, what the fuck are we about to watch? I was about to say, like, what movie did you go see? Uh, Knives Out. That's oh, a okay. great movie yeah. also. So good. That's so good. It was so good. Um, but yeah, not scary, right? Like, no, not even not close. Like, not even not in the realm. And it was just like, what is happening? Why? It's like they knew I was in there, and I was not going to like any of this. Oh, right. Um, but uh, yeah, that movie looks scary as fuck, and I will never see that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, yeah, that like weird, creepy child thing. Like, I'll never forget when I saw The Ring. Yeah, and I mm. couldn't fucking sleep that <laughs> night because I because like where I slept in the room I slept in at the time. If I laid on my right side, I'm a side sleeper. Right in front of my face was a fucking TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like. Not happening tonight. So with the yeah. ring, I went and I got to, like randomly saw it a week early at a sneak preview in Dallas. Didn't know anything about it. Someone mentioned this movie and I went and saw it and I was like, what was that? And then I got home and then me, a grown man, like draftable, able to be pulled into the military mm-hmm. just barely at that point. But I was at least that old was just like. Wait, was that real? And then I had to like <laughs> go and Google. Like, right, yeah. And this was before you just Googled everything. I was just like, right. I guess I'm going to scour the internet to find these actors and actresses. Yeah. Make sure they're still alive. Yeah. And I was like, yep. All right, cool. I get to go to bed now. Yeah. But I had that moment of just like, wait, one week? I watched it one week early. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. The but, last like two horror films that I saw in theaters, because I don't like scary movies either. I'm with you. Um, were not exceptional in their like critical acclaim, but I remember them both freaking me out pretty bad. Mm-hmm. One of them was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm-hmm. I did not see that one. That yeah. is, it's I saw one, it streaming. They there is there is a mechanic used in that that is like the surefire way to freak me the fuck out. I know. I think I know exactly what you're about to say. To to distort a human face uh-huh. just gets under my skin, and there are there are some scenes in there where people's faces contort. In I don't. Really, you might really not should way. watch The Outsider on HBO. Though. I will. Speaking of, speaking of Stephen King, good. it's uh, also why I don't that, good. that book's also on my list. Also I why I started I, uh, the book a little bit at, at the store the other day. I was like, yeah, yeah, I bet that's good. It's the same reason why I can't dabble in LSD. Mm. Uh, <laughs> 
Because yeah. at some point I will confront a mirror mm. and and never, I will never. I will embody my greatest fear on my own. No, face. that's the yeah. best thing not to do. Yeah, you, exactly. you go find you a perch yeah. on Dixon Street and you watch other faces. That sounds horrifying. No, it's uh, great. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's fun watching the people stumble about in drunk mode while you're <laughs> while you're like super like like oh I feel I feel colors right now and like they're all like you know trying to walk about. Uh, it's uh, it's its own entertainment. Well, maybe it's different in that setting. And yeah. I'll say this: I went and found that scene again on YouTube at some point and watched it. It's not nearly the same as when you're in a dark theater. Oh, sure, and it's very intense they never in your face. Because I don't usually watch horror movies in a theater at all. So that was that was a pretty good one. And I can't even remember the name of the other one. I just remember they had this freaky fucking dog that would. It was a German Shepherd that would pop up in the back of different scenes, and it would just do this. It was a really good cinematography. It's when the cinematography actually causes the suspense they they would Mm. just this dog would appear in the background and they would get this really like long zoom shot into it um and 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 then couple that with uh just like an audible very disconcerting hum that turns into you know like Mm. it's just like fuck it got to me man look i'm I'm freaking you out just describe it (laughs) dude i can like yeah Mm mm-hmm a drone of noise nope. will do it because it, it's like our ears are trained to, you know, we're looking for that resolution oh, yeah. for it yeah. to like come back oh, to yeah. a fifth, a fourth, a third, any, yeah. any damn thing. I like, will say, I, I mentioned this, this came up briefly when we were doing the intro recording last week. So the patrons might've heard that going there, that I have some sleep disorders. I don't know if anyone has ever been familiarized with uh, sleep paralysis. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. Oh, oh I've heard of it. Oh, did you I, see the house on the... Haunting, Haunting of Hill, Hill House. House. Yep. No. Ooh. Is that a movie about sleep paralysis? That's a, no, that's a Netflix not, scary, yeah. uh, scary series. You should also not watch it. If yeah. You if you don't like scary, things. don't watch that. That's really good. <laughs> that was so visceral, like because it wasn't the scary that like pop out scary, like where you're just sitting there tense, going like things yeah. gonna pop out. Right. Gonna, they right. got a flashlight. Things gonna pop out. Yeah. Like, oh God damn it! Don't shine in the corner. Don't shine in the corner. Yeah. It's a deeply psychological kind of scary that like. I can still look back on and think and go like, oh. Yeah, see, I'm good. I don't need holy that. Crap. See, I can no, do that all by myself sitting at home alone with my thoughts. I don't so like, I, I saw. That's like a big trend, though. And I, I definitely want to come back to sleep paralysis because okay. uh, I, I, I have vivid accounts of that. Okay. But there's Same. like this trend in these really disturbing, like scary movies don't even want to scare you anymore. They want to disturb you. Mm. Like yeah. hereditary. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't know if anyone's had the privilege of watching that film. No. Mm-hmm. And just going like, can I put my brain in the shower now like how do i get that out of my mm. head and mm. midsummer is apparently the same way i've not seen midsummer but amazon heard keeps going the, heard that one hey was, you should uh, watch midsummer <laughs> and i'm just like don't you talk to me like yeah, that i, I don't that want one. that in my brain mm. i know where that goes i heard that that one was yeah it's yeah. like yeah. it's just like they they've they've decided it's like we just want to disturb you the haunting we don't even want to scare you the the haunting of hill house is is based on a book and to my understanding like netflix i i think they made a pretty good twist on it i read kind of the wikipedia of what the book was about in the 1950s this lady like wrote only one book and i was at a uh, bistro and bookstore um coming out of tulsa once upon a time i think it's in broken arrow i yeah if mm-hmm. i go back through there i got to go back there it was a, it was amazing it was literally a bistro in the middle of a used bookstore nice. i was like this is a great idea um and uh and he had a an an original copy of that book like i forget how much uh he wanted for it but it was in a little case like oh, that. Sure. he had a mm-hmm. few of them like that like uh to kill a mockingbird and uh and some of her stuff too um yeah well, I uh, well, yeah. Yes. So here's the deal. I want to because I got three nods around the table and, and maybe a tertiary. No tertiary. I'm um, just, I I enjoy uh, hearing about other people's suffering. Sometimes. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't like have that many people and not talk about it. Uh, but I promise to our listeners, we will get to programming in the second act here. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, there's at least one thing I want to tell you that has to do with. COVID. Yeah, we've got it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so so. Or do you guys both experience this phenomenon? So I, I, there was a point in my life, probably mid twenties, yeah. where it where I did. I probably haven't. It probably hasn't happened to me in, gosh, a decade. Yeah. Excellent. So I did. I I aspire to achieve that. I yeah. am a regular sufferer, dude, okay. on the uh, order of, of probably on oh, a man. weekly basis. Oof, wow. yeah. Dude, yeah, man, hmm. uh, it's a bummer. Yeah. So, I, it, yeah. it would only happen to me if I was taking a nap. 
Uh, yeah, it's well, it's always for me, definitely um, in waking or in going to sleep. Right. And like the more tired I am, like the more that I like slowly slip into sleep. Um, and also alcohol does contribute oh, to that. Yeah. Mm. If I go to if I if I go to bed with a with a buzz, if I have a couple beers like late in the evening, there's a really good chance that I that I trigger that. Hmm. But oh. yeah. So I, I used to have it back when I was traveling all the time playing music. Yeah. And I'd be asleep in the van and we'd hit a bump or something. And my brain would wake, my body would still be out. Yeah. And I would be in a state of sleep paralysis. And I remember just being terrified the first few few Dude, times that happened. Yeah. Like, this is life now. I'm paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like I locked in like lock, I think I'd watch like was it the Dell the the diving bell and the butterfly. The di- yeah, we talked yeah, about it two yeah, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. movie I just read the book. From, uh, I was just like, this is life now. And uh, yeah. I, I remember trying to like scream yeah. as loud as I could. That and, always and makes it worse. And hearing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and eventually I was able to like move my hand and throw my hand and it wake me up. Yeah. yeah. But I've, I eventually got to a point where I recognized like, this is this thing. And if you just go back to sleep and yeah. calm yourself, mm-hmm. everything is fine. And that's what would happen. But I, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, I remember I would. With like jostle, and then it was just like, "What is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, where am I? Yeah, yeah." And it was sheer panic. Do you mm. uh, do you hallucinate? No, you I never. Hallucinate? I never hallucinated. I now see. So I, I would argue that now I don't do that anymore. I don't have sleep. I don't issue. I don't deal with sleep paralysis. But I think I am like right on the line to where I hallucinate as if I were having sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. but I don't get paralyzed. So mm-hmm. I wake up to the thing that's going to come sit on my chest mm-hmm. and like, no, yeah, like up and I, like you fight off the, bed. the demon. I'm yeah. like across the bed. So, so whether it's a snake or a spider or yeah. a thing. So this is a, this is a spectrum of things. Cause I've researched this heavily over many, many years of, of experiencing it. Um, you know, some people don't hallucinate at all. Some people hallucinate very, very heavily. Mm. Um, I'm on that side of it. And so oh, when man. I experience Ooh. sleep paralysis, it's a very strange, uh, where I'm aware of where I am and my surroundings, but I can't even tell you if my eyes are actually open, right. mm. but it's not the kind of thing where it's like, Oh, I'm having a dream and I'm in my house and it's supposed to be my house, but it looks different. It's just, I'm right there where I am. I'm in, yeah. I'm in bed where I'm saying I am where I am. But, um, for me, the you know the classic depiction. There's an old painting called the Nightmare. Yeah, I've seen that it. That depicts yeah. mm-hmm. sleep paralysis, and it's a person asleep with a demon sitting on their chest. That is like describing the the hallucinating part of it, which is what it is for me. Oof. It's always for me a. Uh, this is why I don't like scary movies because mm. I can I can live this any day, like whether I want one day to a week, not. like one yeah. one glass of wine too many, and you get that. There there is a there is a physical presence w- with me every time it happens. Mm. So it's like there is. Um, a, a figure or a person that is either in the room or standing in the doorway of the room that I'm mm. in. Yep, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, nope. it's, it's pretty I'll awful. Take a nope on that. Faceless, uh, yeah. just like a shadow, just a silhouette of a yeah. person backlit by whatever, whatever the moonlight, yeah. the ambient light in the room behind it. And so, um, yeah, so. I I can't even remember why I brought that up. It was specific to something we're talking about music. scary movies and, and music and stuff. Oh, the sound. There's a I have an audio hallucination. So that's how I know when it's coming. Mm. Is before as I start to wake up, I usually the first hallucination that I experience is a hum that starts to roar. And it's that exact thing that happens in that movie of just like this sound that builds up almost to like the sound in Inception, you know, the mm-hmm. yeah, mm. like that's what it builds mm. to. And it's like, as soon as I hear that sound, I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. And like, it's a, it's a panic cycle. Yeah. That, right. That yeah. I have never been able to break. And so mm. that's, I do what you did. I, I can hear myself going like, mm, like trying to say something and, and Paige has gotten used to it enough, uh, living with me with that shit that if I make enough noise or fidget my hand enough, she can wake me up, yeah. which is like what it takes for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can go back to sleep through it, but a lot of times it just ends up with someone being like, fucking knock it off. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. thank God. You, you, I'm awake now, you know? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a crazy wild thing. And it happens to a ton of people. Most yeah. people just think that they have nightmares. They call them night terrors, oh. a lot of stuff, but that's actually sleep paralysis. You know, this is crazy. good to know before we go to Austin. Yeah. yeah. You plan on sleeping in a bed with me? Uh, no, but I, now I think we may have to go and just, you know, poke you with a broom or something there. Yeah, so if, you, like, if, you, if you hear me mumbling hey, and fidgeting, yeah. I'll bring a webcam to set up in your room. Yeah, there we go. No, I won't. 
That, yeah. 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 It comes, it, There's already one there. Well, probably. the patrons play, pay for that, maybe. <laughs> it happens very regularly. It does come in spells, though. I will go months sometimes. Yeah. But, okay. But I, it was on my mind last week and right now because I'm in a spell and this is happening. Oh. That's what I was going to ask. Was like, when was the last time? Uh, this week. Oh, wow. I don't remember when. Man. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. So it, uh, mine never happened at night, always during the day, always during yeah, a nap, yeah. always not sleeping in my own bed. Uh, so like on the couch or something. Yeah. And I would, I, I would wake up. I would be my, like you said, like Tyrell, my, my brain would be fully awake. And I was like, why is my arm not moving? And then, uh, like at that point when I realized I, at that, and I didn't even know what it was when it was, when this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, what's going on? And so then every time it was like a sheer battle of will. It's like, I will fucking move. Mm-hmm. I will sit up. And eventually, like, I would wake up and be able to. You get to, there, yeah. But, but you're just fighting for every fucking inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, yeah, it was weird. I'm glad it doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird thing, but, like, millions of people yeah. like, suffer from yeah. that. And, the, and I, for me, um, as soon as someone gave it a name, it seemed to get worse for me. Mm. As soon as I knew mm. that it was a thing and I wasn't just having a bad dream, yeah. it, it became more apparent. And then I, mine will recur. Like, if, yeah. I, if I kind of wake up, I'm like, oh, shit, that sucked, and then try and go back to sleep, like, I'll feel myself slipping into it. Mm. I'll, I'll hear a sound or, or something like that. And so, usually, I just fucking get up out of go to bed and go write codes. If you ever see me committing at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, I probably just gave up and said, gotcha. I'm going to go wear myself out a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, before I go to bed. I, um, I just don't dream anymore. Uh, that's my only weird thing at night. Mm-hmm. Like, Alyssa wakes it's up rare. and tells me about dreams. Yeah, I really, like, rarely, I, I really I don't think really, I've rarely. Sorry. dreamed yeah. in like seven years or something. But. I honestly don't think I do much either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't recall the last time that I recalled a dream. Like that is... That is the closest thing that I have to a dream is that. Yeah. Um, now, I've read that a lot of times what it is is like maybe you do dream, but it's like no so, dream it's so mundane yeah. Yeah. that you don't. Like I'm probably dreaming I come here and write some code. And yeah. I'm like, oh, right. yeah. Get yeah. That to, and then, All right. One more goddamn sleep thing. Yeah. I, know, well, I got one more after that, is, too. So. This is good to know. This is not a disorder, but that that got me on uh, the concept of lucid dreaming. Oh, ah. mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So, so people, if you've ever had a lucid dream, that can be a really cool experience in which you mentally become aware of your dream state but you don't wake up and you become the 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 creator in your dream universe yeah, in the inception basically yeah, yeah, say, yeah kind of right um except that like it's really hard to hang on to it and people mm. who want to try and achieve that like go through lots of techniques yeah there's like a, you yeah. wear a mask that detects yeah. REM sleep and it'll flash lights in your eyes yeah and you like if you're having a dream and you see flashing lights at a, at oh. a train stop or something like yeah. that, you go, Ooh, am I dreaming? You do like a reality check and, right. and try and invoke it. Hmm. Um, and then a lot of people like that practice their dream recall because hmm. uh, dream yep. recall is a skill that apparently can be built and developed. And hmm. so have a dream as soon as you wake up, write, get it, up, down. write it down, make notes yeah. on it and improve your dream recall. Otherwise you might have a lucid dream and not remember how cool it was. Right. Yeah. Um, right. so I was, I was really fascinated by that in my teenage years. Hmm. Yeah. I, similar, similar. Uh, have you ever tried to meet someone in a dream? Um, uh, mm. I have like on the, in the world of like, God, this is getting real new agey over here. Like yeah. astral projection. Like we will both dream and go to the same place, like an out of body yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend that, in, that swore up and down by his ability to astral project. Mm-hmm. And so me with all my weird sleep shit was like, fuck yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, never, never achieved an out of body experience in a dream. Did yeah. He, did he do a lot of ketamine? <laughs> no, this, this was, in this, like, this is in like this junior is, high. Yeah. And this, this is guy. a thing, like this is a thing that people... Like um, so, people had ketamine in junior high. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. It's probably yeah. good that you didn't hang around with those. Probably people. proportionally high at the junior high that I went to. Yeah. Just guessing. Yeah, yeah. I Don't think, hang around with junior high kids with ketamine. To me, uh, every time that I've looked at lucid dreams, that also was would would come up and would be attached to that. Hmm. At least in some regard of like people from you know that aren't next to each other wanting to like meet in a dream. Uh, dream the same place, like something like that. Anyway, yeah, that's what that made me think of. Uh, I have another sleep thing. Okay. I know two guys. Right. The, the right. sleep episode. I know two yeah. guys here. Horror this, movies and sleep uh, paralysis. To to like bring it up a bit. I know mm. two guys that talked to each other in their sleep. Mm-hmm. Sleeping in beds adjacent to one another. In <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Just had a conversation. Yeah. Just had a conversation. Yeah. 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 Back and forth. Back and forth. It was on a ski trip. 
Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talking so, about stuff. So I guess uh, one question before I get to the thing, the other thing I wanted to ask. Uh, the has any have either of you or any of you had a dream where you dreamed part of it and then went to sleep the next night and it picked up exactly where they left I've off? I did that. back in the day. Like back I've definitely the, attempted it. Like oh, I, oh, sure. I, would, I would like to go like finish that experience. I was, yeah. you know, mine yeah. like it was just repetitive, and that's where I probably felt I was in life. I was working at a sawmill, so I'm just feeding stuff into this machine all day, all day, every day. And I had this dream that like we worked in a mine underground, and then we would like come up with a way that we were going to es- escape in the day, and then they would like it would be lunchtime, and they'd feed us these this giant cookie, and we'd eat this <laughs> cookie, and then be like, man, like what was that plan? Plan we were coming up? Were we were we planning so? I don't they, remember. There was, was one of those. in the it cookie, was a, magic it was, cookie. It was yeah, a, yeah soma it, in the cookie. It would it would wipe your wipe your memory, <laughs> and then the next day we would do it again and, and get close to coming up with so a you, plan to escape. But then you would have not, that dream re- recurring. Recurring. No, 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 no. They trapped him in a in a mine shaft. They may and have fed him cookies. Also, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I also used to, I also used to dream that like I was in the car driving and then went off the road. Like mm. yeah, well I, that was now I don't know now I don't. Don't know if was that a premonition or like you know how how memories are stored because I've experienced that multiple times. Did I have I just gone back and rewrote my git history? Are all of those my, are all of your wrecks real wrecks then? Oh, yeah, mm. I'm afraid. I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so because yeah. the consequences yes, at the time were very real. And <laughs> yeah. The click in my hip and the limp and stuff tells you yeah, yeah. yeah. all about. Yeah. It. Fair enough. Yeah, Precursor was... to my sleep paralysis, I used to when I was younger have lots of dreams that were full on dreams in in dreamlike scenarios in which I was not in control of my mm. body. Mm. Like a situation would happen, I would want to walk away from it, but I couldn't. Or, oh, I would, yeah. or even so I would walk toward it, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and one of the ones that was really common would be um, driving in a car or realizing I'm in a car, mm. that I'm in the back seat and I can't reach the wheel to control it, uh, and the car gets into an accident, and I'm trying to to control it from the back yeah. seat. Uh, it's, it's maybe I'm just a control freak. Yeah, I was going to say this yeah. is this, maybe this is the root of my I think problem. Freud yeah. would just say not yeah. being in control is my like greatest fear, and yeah, so my you know like my my body exercises that through, through huh. sleeping. I don't know. The, the the closest thing I have to that is. Uh, I would always have dreams where I really wanted to fucking punch somebody and mm. I couldn't. Mm. Or I would punch them and, it would, and it would be and it would be like so weak. Yeah. yeah. Like a, like a like, punch uh, to the face that you just can't deliver. Yes. Yeah. I so, know 100%. <laughs> so if Sarah's listening to this podcast, she just screamed at the radio. Yeah. Because I had one of those dreams in which I eventually punched her. Oh, oh I back, no. I back like I was trying to punch somebody <laughs> and we're, we're both asleep in bed. And I Wham and oh. pop popped her. Oh, and, man. Uh, it was it was not it was it was, a, it was a rough night the rest of the night. I can oh, imagine. Don't, yeah. don't punch your wife in yeah. your sleep, yeah. gentlemen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so that, tons of different recurring dreams that when I was younger that I don't really have much anymore. But um, I had this one dream where and it's this this only happened one time in my entire life. Uh, it was four nights in a row, and okay. every night. The dream picked up where the where it left off just on the previous. Just a sequence, night. yeah, just a mini and series, it, and it was a medieval battle. That's awesome, Sweet. and it was just what? like it literally picked up where it left off the night before, and the and like the first night it was kind of the lead up, and it was the battle, 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 battle. Then I died. You crescendo mm. on night three. It was that's the climax. Like and then you have resolution on night four. The most interesting died. dream I've ever had. That's wild. Mm. Um, yeah. So that that's were only you a, once. Were you aware that it was a continuation of the dream when you got into the dream again? Yeah, where you lose like, oh, that would make you lucid, right? You no, would, not in the dream. I wasn't. But you would wake up the next morning. Like, Holy like, shit! That was fucking chapter fuck? two. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, like exactly. The, I'd wake up the next morning and be like, "What the fuck?" Um, and I, I remember, I distinctly remember the second night, think, like trying to go to sleep and like do it again, and it happened again. Um, so it was it was crazy, and like I said, only one time in my life has that happened, uh, and I was like. I don't know, like 17 or something. That's crazy. That's wild. Mm. Never had that. So lately, you you were talking about your um, uh, sleep paralysis. Lately, my thing has been like the, the like, doze off and wake up really fast thing. Like yeah. even in bed, it'll be laying there and I'll be like, 
you know, like the, the sense of do you, oh, I, do you get I that sense that. of like falling when yeah. it happens? Uh, the the knee jerk. That one I get. And that I, is. I, I actually that like has jerk a name. my arm yeah. up and stuff, and that's I. Yeah, I think part of that is the flashbacks to the going off the road. Mm. I, I do get stuff. that, um, but uh, not in bed. Mostly, it's like a it's like a sleep, and then like it's almost like you hear. I hear myself like snore or yeah. something mm. and then and that wakes me up all right i gotta i got that. i got something for you okay and this is okay uh, this is not medical advice but i got a warning for you <laughs> okay <laughs> we have totally that, derailed that, ourselves that here. may well be a symptom of sleep apnea okay yeah i that a lot of people like it's that it's that yeah. first breath when you haven't breathed for a little while that you snort that, that oh, wakes you up that, that, that could make, actually be sleep apnea. that would make sense mm-hmm. yeah I say that as someone that is is predisposed to it, experiences yeah. some of the precursors for it, and have two parents that both mm. sleep with CPAP machines. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to the doctor next week. Are oh, so. you doing a sleep study? Uh, I'm gonna just go talk to somebody. Talk to him. Yeah, the med do make you do the sleep study. Great. Mm. Yeah, have fun. All right, <laughs> we're thirty. Uh, we're thirty minutes. Yeah. In. No, this is. I was gonna say <laughs> earlier. This is all good to know about you. For when we go to because Austin. we're traveling. Well, yes. yeah, yeah. So, so uh, before we lose them, yeah, uh, yes, yes. We, <laughs> the twelve of you who are still listening. So I'm excited. Um, we uh, we have a new patron, by the way, Chaz Watkins. Welcome, Chaz. Uh, we love our patrons. Um, I, we've talked about this maybe briefly on a on a episode in the past, but um, you know, this show is something that we do for fun. We talked about for a long time. Um, but it is not our day jobs. Uh, we Blake doesn't work here, but he's a he's a friend of the friend of the company. We work for a product development agency. We build apps for other companies. That's what pays our salaries. That's what employs us. We do this show for fun, mm-hmm. um, but we do get support from our listeners, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And what we try and do with that support is, you know, let the show stand on its own feet, pay for its own hosting, its own equipment, um, and the surplus from that we put into our professional development budget mm. to send folks to uh, conferences. And so, actually, uh, thanks in part to our, our patrons and our, our supporters, um, Tyrell, Alan, myself, and Austin from our team are going to be down at ViewConf. Uh, yeah, in Austin. Uh, it was the first week of March, March 2nd through Mar- 4th. Yeah, mm-hmm. March 2nd through yeah. 4th. So we thought it'd be pretty rad if any of uh, our listeners who uh, may, may be attending uh, to come connect up with us, we'd we'd love to get a beer with you guys and, and hang out if anyone's yeah. going to be there. So I don't know. up on Twitter, yeah, or email us on them internets, uh, podcast at high internet away to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come. Wear, wear your uh, uh, Friday afternoon deploy swag <laughs> if you got it. <laughs> yeah, we might be wearing ours. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think my shirt is going to come in before for the conference. Oh, that'd be good. So we'll be down there in Austin. It'd be cool to hang out with, uh, with folks. And so absolutely super, like we always are happy for the support, extra happy this time. Cause we're, we're going to go out there and, and learn some, some viewings. Yep. Yep. Looking forward to it. I love that Blake is completely checked out. Cause we're talking about view. No, like it's, I was it's listening. Have you not dabbled not in even. view yet, Blake? Um, no, no, no. even going to try it. Oh man. I mean, I've, I've, I've never met a JS developer. They want to try a new framework every five minutes. <laughs> Come on! I'm content with with my React. So, mm. um, I you know I don't I don't ha- I would probably like Vue. I don't have anything against it. Um, you just like HTML in your JavaScript. I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I do. That's a terrible place for that. <laughs> it, it's not. It, it, it it's beautiful. Um, yeah. So that's no, the I only mean, programming I, I topic I, I have. But Blake came in with one. Yeah. I do. He told yeah, me. I do. He wouldn't one. tell me what it was. Mm-mm. Okay. So you guys are you guys familiar with Discord? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. They made a switch recently. Yeah. They did. Make they a went switch. to Rust instead yes, of Go. They even. Did. Yeah. yeah. We read about it. Well, okay. Yeah. We're yeah. cultured folks. I shared this yeah. with the team. Yeah. yeah. We, we too have access to the internet. <laughs> we we too are on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty so, uh, JavaScript hipsters all in on the Rust. Ah, uh, it's it's good. No, they switched. Uh, there was no denial. It was just like, yeah. Now their switch you, was from Go. Yeah, yeah. So that's they what they, they were Right, but they, they went Go. to Rust though. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, correct. So and and I really, I wanted to talk about the article a little bit, but I also wanted to more broadly talk about, um, you know, choosing, like, how do you choose what language to use? How do you choose which tool to reach for? Python mm-hmm. chose us, Blake. Mm. That's how that That's happened. heavy, man. The great yeah. snake descended from on high. Yeah. And I thought he was going to fall asleep on my chest, so I knocked mm. him out of bed. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he punched him in your sleep. <laughs> I got it. So right. Stay away from Tyrell. He yeah. punches him in sleep. Then woke up was like, I must be a. Every once in a while, I hear this really loud building hum and like the the silhouette of JavaScript is standing in my doorway. And like, oh shit! I just realized it was sleep paralysis. And I knew. <laughs> Um, so what I really okay so I guess summary of the article um, Discord had this service that basically every client used Um, so it was a very high traffic service they were noticing a spike in latency about every two minutes they tracked it down and this service was written in Go they tracked it down to the garbage collection of of Go happening every two minutes, mm. um, and there wasn't really a way to around it. They tried a bunch of different things, and so finally they rewrote. They ended up saying like, "Well, we have other services written in Rust that seem to be working really well. Let's go with that." And ta-da! Like it was better. Um, so I what I liked about the article was their the methodology they kind of went through. It's not like they were like. They didn't throw the the baby out with the bathwater, right? They they tried so many things not to switch first. It was like I'm gonna make sure that I, you know this really is something that can't be fixed or worked around or whatever. And then finally they were then finally they were like, okay, clearly this is not the right not the right choice for this particular thing. And the reason why it wasn't the right choice was because um, they were basically doing everything in an in-memory cache mm-hmm. um and go wasn't really optimized for that yeah. uh, whereas rust the way that its garbage collector works is uh it's much more like uh what's the word i'm looking for it ben, as the code is executing it it it's like constantly cleaning up mm-hmm. whereas goes was happening on, on a periodic life cycle mm. um and Rust has this thing of like once you're once you're not using it anymore, it goes away. Mm. Um, it's just gonna take care of that. Um, so it does it's sort of a little more asynchronously, uh, yeah, even, and and on a uh, continuous basis rather than periodic. Yeah, That's yeah, and and it's kind of like built into the way you write Rust. They have this thing mm. called lifetimes and the borrow checker and all this stuff, and all that's meant to. Um, sort of in safeguard yeah you know your code again you know and make sure you can tell it to hold on to things if you need it to but if you don't it's gonna be like cool you're not using this anymore let's free up that memory baby mm. um and so back to the <laughs> you said python chose you but but that's uh <laughs> that was a funny answer but but it also wasn't <laughs> true because you guys do other things yeah it's true uh you know and, and i'll start off with saying like it's it's a complicated kind of answer to that because it, it's not just one factor because because you do try to combat that like like oh man that's slow let's write and go mm-hmm. like right and then yeah. you have to ask yourself do i just want to write go am mm-hmm. i just tired yeah. of doing what i'm doing and i just want to write some go yeah and and should i do that you know for this um that's always like the first thing i kind of check against and uh, i would say another factor into it is aptitude of the team you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if because it wouldn't really necessarily be feasible for us to write a microservice in rust because no we'd have to learn rust um you know if we already had a rust developer then sure and well if, it, but know, even yeah. then right one of the benefits to our common tooling is we do have a rust developer they build the rust thing and then mm. we have a very very bad bus contingency yeah uh for for that Right, that's true. Uh, as we found yeah. out, we have a we have a Rails product we have to support now. Yeah, and all uh, of our yeah. Rails people uh, went back to Rails jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you know we're we're getting by with that, yeah. but it, it it is a challenge, right? Right. Um, right. So so yeah, I'll, that's I'll, another good point. Maintainability. Yeah, right? it goes into it. Like, that's, can that's, we maintain this moving forward? That's where I would segue right from what you were saying. Is for us, um, I don't know the why Python choice. Um, originally, I don't know for me, mm-hmm. um, why still Python is kind of part of my m- desire to not make a knee jerk reaction to change. Mm-hmm. We just don't change frameworks without a whole frameworks and languages without a whole lot of thought in, is this the right move? Do we have enough depth on it? It's not something that we take lightheartedly because I mean, Lofty has been around for we're in year six now, mm. um, and we're doing Vue on the front end, and we did Ember for a while, and that's it. 
Like mm-hmm. th- that's what we've tried. We've I guess we did a, some React Native stuff, and we've needed and we to, don't count jQuery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody had those skeletons in their closet, you know. Yeah. But but for the most part, like when the the switch to like okay, are we going to adopt Vue hmm. is something we kind of labored over. We did because I I wavered. Yeah, I remember I wavered because we do point. we did do some React projects when we were vetting React versus Vue. Yeah. We, we were doing some projects in both, but it was over the course of like four or five projects. Mm-hmm. Start to finish, what did we like about it? Did it work right before we said, okay, Vue's the tool, we're going for it. Yeah, because um, I, I was wavering. We were, I was doing uh, React Native, and then and that's we had done Vue before that, but then we're like, okay, maybe we can use Vue Native. And then first thing was like, oh, install React Native. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why don't I just do it in React Native? Because you know, I was looking at it, they're like, well, we have support for this, support for this, not support for that. You're going to have to write actual React components for that. And I'm like, well, if I got to write Vue and React, why don't I just write React components? Right, right. Be a sane person right. um, and have you know all that in one, one project like that. And then I wavered on like, man, React is just eating the world, so you can probably just find a library for that out there, you know, mm-hmm. for your problem. And your bus yeah. contingency is less scary if someone disappears tomorrow. Right. There's probably a, a, there's definitely a much larger. You can throw a rock and hit a React, React developer, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we we kind of rolled the dice on one smaller kind of front end project that. Um, got seen by a lot of people. You and I built that one. Yeah. Uh And, and I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed my experience coming out the other end of that. A lot more than I did the react native experience. And so that kind of made it go like, that's the other part of it, right? That's that quality of life of Mm -hmm. while you're developing it too. That's, you know, a factor as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely came out of that project saying like, I think we could build a lot of stuff with this framework. Yeah. I had fun doing this one and I think it can handle the heavy lifting. Two projects later and and the project that, that is the, our major project that's using Vue that we're developing right now, I am convinced 100% we can build anything, anything. There is no, there's no challenge that it will not solve. It is every bit as capable of as react. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, awesome. It's a really sure, comforting sure. feeling, you know. Yeah, and I was I was sitting uh, before you guys got here today. Uh, Austin and I both got here early, and we, and I was showing him that uh, plugin that I had oh found yeah, yeah. I was yeah. showing some was some cool. stuff that I had I had built in view last night, um, and we just were sitting there just having a, a love fest over view. And I said, "Don't tell Blake," and now I'm selling myself out. But we were both just like, "It's fucking sweet." You guys this is so were, great. It's such guys, a great experience. Right? I just got through out there. Script. I, I just know got that we were enjoying Austin, it. Austin writes a lot of React, too, and he seems to really like Vue. He really likes Vue. Yeah. yeah. I think we're winning him over. Yeah. I, uh, a couple of things. Um, to, to your conversation about Rust, I was actually just reading the Stack Overflow blog um, that they put out about Rust recently. And, I read that. Um, yeah, and one of the main reasons they mention it is the garbage collection in Rust, mm-hmm. so that you get that... You get that lower level language that's also garbage collected and it's got a really good garbage collector. So it, yep. it would make sense that if you're having issues with memory management in your Go mm, stuff, mm. That, that a move to Rust would, would make that better. Yep. Um, so it, it, does, it does definitely make me want to explore Rust even, even more. And, mm-hmm. um, Let me know when you do. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I've, I was looking here. Rust. I've actually got a, I like I got a couple of books. I've got one that's like Learn Rust by Example. Mm-hmm. Um, and and stuff like that. So the, we may have to come up with the yeah. Rust documentation. Like they they have like well they call it the book. They, they have three books. Yeah. <laughs> oh okay. There, there's like the um the like one that you read when you're learning, and then there's there's one they call the uh, something Nomicon. I was gonna say uh, the Rust and Nomicron. Rust and yeah. Nomicron. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, that was Nomicron. Nomicron. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something like that. And and what that is is that's like in Rust you can basically escape patch into unsafe mode. And that's all the things you can do in unsafe mode in Rust, mm. which is like if you feel like your hands are tied, mm. you can probably do it in unsafe mode. Gotcha. Um, and there's so, one more, which I don't remember what it is. It's the Rust um, Marillion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, well, it's a beast. Like the little bit, I know the first time I'd really kind of considered it, you were you were talking about it and you had a lot of fun um, doing that. And I always have some kind of fun project I'm doing that, that keeps me always having fun with programming no matter what. Um, 
And I picked up Russ, and I was up late that night, and I didn't get anything done. And that's when I realized, like, this is a whole different animal. Because Go, oh, yeah. Go, I had a, yeah. a stupid little crud API in, up in an afternoon. You, you've yeah. got an app running, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, but Rust is like, I'm still trying to figure out cargo. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, so now, so so I have to start with the package manager. I guess that makes sense. But It's, it's, like, it's basically like Node in yeah. that respect. Like, uh, you can't go anywhere without the package manager in... Uh, in it managing dependencies in in Rust, um, and maybe that's why I, part that's definitely part of the reason I like it because that part feels so safe and familiar to me. Mm. Um, that's the weird part about Go, I must say. Is oh, the, dude, that and no generics yeah, kills me. Yeah. Kills me. Mm. I want to read a quote about Go. Actually, I actually, <laughs> I, I actually, uh, we, we we okay. So I work with a guy. Huh. Uh, we have we have some Go, and I work with one guy, and he just he loves Go. He just mm. really likes Go. Um and and that's cool. I think, yeah. I think you got to cool. you got to find that language that speaks to you. you do. That's kind of where I I think reading really Python the, speaks to me. Uh-huh. But, so so yeah. this is a quote from Rob Pike, who I think was involved in like the the creation of of Go. Okay. Um, the key point here is our programmers are Googlers. They're not researchers. They're typically fairly young, fresh out of school. Probably learned Java. Maybe learned C or C plus plus. Probably learned Python. They're not capable of understanding a brilliant language, but we we want we want to use them to build good software. So the language that we give them has to be easy for them to understand and easy to adopt. So oh, wow. I would say that's go like because I was skeptical yeah. on like I you look at it and you're like ooh that's C also loved like, by but, his team I would say <laughs> <laughs> right like, yeah. you guys are idiots so here you go yeah. All right. yeah listen I've built a dumb fuck language <laughs> I think for I think, you guys because you're my only option you're the only worker yeah. ants in the <laughs> colony here and. And you're not capable of understanding brilliance well, like I want to say us. I'm not sure if it was that one, but I want to say one of the guys that developed Go uh, worked on the IBM team that developed B, um, which precedes C. Mm-hmm. If, I gathered, if I remember. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you that's kind of where C right, right, right. from. Yeah, yeah. The IBM and the Big Blue, and that was you know. But um, well, I think we've done yeah. the list before. There is a D, and there's definitely an F sharp. There's definitely an F sharp. Uh, there's definitely there's, a C sharp. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if there's a, a, a an F uh, uh, an F major. Uh, right. In I, there or not? A, I guess, is assembly. There is an A as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I remember looking through that list. Really? D- didn't didn't make it far mm. there's an a yeah wow. uh i think precursor to b if i'm not mistaken <laughs> I, I would imagine as i recall as i recall it's like maybe we were making we're i guess we were making pretty good leaps with like a to b to c yeah. and then we're like ah, let's just make little leaps yeah now. we'll add a plus plus operator yeah, let's, it's a small increment if, we'll call it what if we do objects Okay, mm-hmm. in C, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's still C, but, like, now we have objects, so that's, yeah, we'll just increment that one. A sharp, A dash O, A plus, A plus plus plus. A plus was created in 1988. Wow. Um, there you go. I didn't know. I, I really Wait, didn't know so, that. But C, it's an array C programming language, so it's actually not a precursor to C. Yeah, C yeah, was invented in the older. 70s. Yeah. yeah. A plus plus came after A plus. Uh, yeah, because there must always be a plus plus, right? Yeah. Of course, we're programmers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like our little inside jokes. You, mm-hmm. you, you have an app called TextPad. Well, got, I've got TextPad plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one ever does the negative negative though. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah, C minus minus. It's, uh, <laughs> it's object oriented, but uh, yeah, never mind. So yeah. I've talked about this dude quite a bit, and I finally actually found his Twitter handle. Um, to give him some props, but the guy that live coded this SNES emulator in Rust. Oh yeah, at Ferris tweets now. Uh, right. jo- Johnny Cash is is uh, Cash C A C H E. Speaking of programmer jokes, mm. uh, uh, mm. uh, but yeah, so there's a, there's a caching plugin for Django called mm. Johnny Cash. Oh, is there? Really? Or maybe it's called Man in Black, but the reference is Johnny, Johnny Cash. Oh. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, that's the guy that that built the SNES emulator uh, and live coded cool. it in Rust. Nice. So shout out to him. Yeah. Um, put him in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. put his Twitter on blast right in the show notes. Yeah. So returning to the language selection question, mm. um, like for me it was um, the first time I jumped languages was leaving PHP, which was like leaving a burning lifeboat. <laughs> um, and 
I, it's on I, fire and it's sinking. Yeah. Uh. And, and like at the time, because so especially as a um, a non traditional programmer in the sense of like no no CS major, self taught, all this stuff, the community is was huge, and so I went to a startup crawl and hung out with some Ruby developers and hung out with some Python developers. Um, unfortunately, and none of these Python developers were at the meetup that I went to. Uh, and so you chose based on uh, who you wanted to drink beer with. Uh, in a sense, yeah. Like, it, well, and <laughs> I meant the culture, the culture side, right? I was yeah. going to say, yeah. even it, it was culture kind of metaphorically. And, like, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't just literally like, who do I want to drink with? It was like, who do I want to spend time with? Who can I relate to? Who answers my questions in a way that, that makes me feel informed? Mm. Um as a as somebody who's going to potentially be coming to them with lots of questions, I would say Python the community is more accepting of me, like from the outside. And at the time in this region, that was that was Ruby. I think even yeah. globally, for a long time, Python was a little more neck beard, ponytail, and cargo shorts. Oh, bro, it and was dude, very much Ruby that was, was a little more gauged ears and thrice t shirts. Yes, that's yep. exactly what it 100%. was. And I was in I was engaged I was in gauged ears and thrice t shirts mode, and so I went with Ruby, and then. Um, yeah, because it was it was very academic and uh, neck beardy in the uh, in the Python land. So at that point, okay. I, at, so I have a question then. Sure. Uh, how do you feel about Ruby now? I still like it. I think it. It's a fine language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't I I wouldn't not use it, mm-hmm. but I prefer I prefer Python now. Why? Like if I'm looking just at languages. Um, well, let me. I'll, I'll get to there. Okay. Yeah, we'll come back. Um, I'll say those, that when those pesky ends all over yeah. the place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I moved to Python um, for a job. Mm-hmm. I found a place I wanted to work, and I was a Rails developer. And I went to them and said, "This is MVC. This is OOP. I'm not an idiot. I can write your Python code, no problem." And they're just like, "Yeah, that checks out. Okay, cool. Come on." And so I switched and went uh, and went to writing. Django and Python, and immediately fell in love with it. And I prefer Python because it encourages um, exploration. It mm. encourages depth of knowledge. And for someone who is self-taught, like having that extra motivation to look into the source code, to look into the methods, to see what is happening. Which is something you are forbidden to do in it Rails. Is. It is. Right. You may it's not highly look behind the curtain. What? You, you I mean, to, you can read the source code, right. but it's, it's, the, uh, it's the difference between, um, you know... Uh, DHH and... Uh, yeah, and implicit and explicit. explicit. There's so yes. much implicit yeah. right, and right, convention right. in Rails. Right. It's like, you don't need to know how this works, right. just do it Come, the way. Yeah, yeah. Chef's Kitchen is, right. the, is the term. There's a mm. Japanese term that... that is used to describe Rails, and this is Ruby is not so much this way, but Rails definitely is, and we'll be like we're talking web frameworks, so that's where it went. And so, um, for someone who is self-taught, like I don't, I'm not going to learn stuff unless it's encouraged or I have to learn it. I don't have the time. Like I've got mm-hmm. other interests. I want to be professional. I want to be proficient. I want to get things done. Um, but if you make that challenging for me, I'm just like, cool. I'm just going to trust you, bro. And that's what Rails did. And I was fine with that. And it worked, but it didn't make me a good programmer. It made me a good Rails developer. Mm. And then moving to Python, I was able to jump in and like realize like, oh, especially like when I had PyCharm, it was just like, I just click this and I'm in the definition of this method and I'm reading this source code and I'm seeing everything. And it's just oh, like, I could overwrite this everything. And yeah. Do that. Over, like and, everything yeah. started making way more sense because I was able, I was encouraged to look behind the curtain. You were encouraged to look and see what the chef was doing rather than you need to know what the chef is doing, but don't ask the chef questions and you need to know the component. Like you should be able to taste this and tell me what's in it. It was kind of like what, what right. it felt like in the Rails community. It's just like either eat it and enjoy it. Tastes like shit. Or eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're and, not a Rails guy. Uh, and so, yeah. so Ruby, uh, I was thinking about that this morning that like all the things that I've learned from, from Django, just using right. that framework and reading the source code yeah. and going like, oh, oh yeah, okay. That, that concept makes a lot of sense. I, and so, I, I, was, don't throw things at me, Ruby developers. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think to like, to be fair, like the, uh, some of the comparison you're making there is probably Rails and Django. Yes, yes. More Cause, specifically, cause Rails and Django. Because obviously, you can you can go read the source code of Ruby. But I will say this: 
Um, what you're describing, like jumping and reading the source code, is something that is very common with, like, we're way more likely to be reading the source code of Django, the framework, than we are to be reading Django's documentation. Yes. Um, that is a quality of Django. But that is also something that is broader in the Python community mm. because Python came out and published a sort of set of standards of, of design uh patterns and principles that are built right into the interpreter that you can import and it's called the Zen of Python and it's rules like explicit is better than implicit and, and it's and, and, and several others, right? Uh, there should be one and preferably only one correct way to do something. Don't build a library that you can achieve the same side effect by calling three different methods. Like there should be one. Um, and that mentality that, that gets rolled into a framework like Django lends itself to building a framework like Django that it is very easy to go read the source code and understand how to do it because nothing is implicit. There's, it is, mm. they, in fact, Django started out with a lot of magic in it, mm-hmm. very much like Rails. Rails has a lot of magic in it. Django started with it. And when they went to Django 1.0, there was a step in between there that they called removing the magic. And it was all over the Django documentation. There was a magic removal branch of subversion that they merged in that got rid of all of this magic that like magically imported files for you and stuff like that. I was like, mm-hmm. no, you write code, you import files. Yeah. This is the file that needs to be imported. And, and there is a standard and a convention of how to do it, but we're not going to do any of it for you. We're not going to go import and build modules for you. You need to go build a structured application. Here's some guidelines, the one and one only one correct way to do it. And so that is something that is, broadly a part of the Jen- or the Python community mm-hmm. of like that philosophy of building code and that cascades into modules and mm. third party packages and things like that. Yeah. I think I think even some of those relate to JavaScript. Some of them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um for sure. Um, they are concepts that can be applied to any language. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- uh, yeah. I think uh just to talk about Python for a minute, um I I still I, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but I still Really prefer Flask over DRF. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because um, hmm. Flask feels very JavaScripty. Hmm. That's why I like it. It is very. Yeah. I think that like the parallels between Flask I and Express see, are yeah. pretty deep. Yeah. 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 For yeah sure. that, that, and, that's why. I like yeah. It. Yeah. And DRF, like a lot of it, is going to seem bizarre if you're not familiar with Django. Because uh, right? a lot of how they yeah. do stuff is going to make 100%. a lot more sense yeah. when you're like, oh, well, of course they Th- serializers very... work like this because that's the way forms work. Because it in has Django to work with and... models and it has to work yeah. with the admin. Yeah, and like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that's why, um, like, I made the joke about the Ruby thing because the the uh, the Rails like convention thing, I struggle with that. That's um, why you like Ember so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can tell Ember was mm. built by some Rails devs. You're just like, I can, can I please yeah. <laughs> write Rails in JavaScript? And they said, yeah, bro, we got you. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we got you. In fact, uh, we'll make an entire data serialization and adapter layer that works perfectly with Rails out of the box and nothing else. Yeah. yeah. And we'll yeah. call it Ember Data. Yep. God, I remember writing, uh, writing fucking adapters, adapters to yeah. adapt Ember data to DRF. It was like, all right, I built a model, so I got to build my data model in Django. All right, now I got to build a serializer in Django to serialize that, which I'm I'm a little bitter about. I don't think that that's perfect. And it's like, cool, got it. Now I got an API. Now I got to go to my front end. I got to go build a goddamn data model. A deserializer. My- no, yeah. First, yeah. I got to build a data model just in my front end. Yeah. Right. It's not. We're not dealing in JSON here. I got to like declare types and fields and shit like that. And then I have to write an adapter between that data model and I'm writing basically a consuming API mm-hmm. for the other. API. It sucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ember and Django. Not a match made in heaven. I don't know why we did that for two years. Yeah, the uh, yeah Django. I I, I will. It some of the things are perple- totally perplexing to me for sure. For the whole I, like whole framework. Yeah, yeah. But, well, because it does things for you, um, and and I get that that's what frameworks do, um, but it, it it does feel very foreign. Mr. Um, Webpack over here doesn't like things being done for him. Uh, you tell <laughs> you tell Webpack what to do, and, and I don't. I never. Uh, no, I. I don't. You, you, I just hope it does man, what I my want framework it to. CLI actually, tells Webpack what to do. I'm actually yeah. so glad this came up because uh, I was having this discussion earlier this week. Okay, someone was not the first time you fought this battle. No, this mm. I will die on this hill. Okay, uh, you know Ready. you built your own Webpack. I fucking did. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm about to. I'm about I to tell do. everyone that ever mentions Webpack, like, like, man, I wish I knew Webpack better. You know, Blake Johnston, like, he wrote his own Webpack. You should talk to him. <laughs> I'm about to do. So, I'm my next talk. I'm writing my own React. Whoa! I'm gonna write a. Did a you see that blog article? Can we call it React? Mm. Please Austin, say we can call Austin it shared, React. Austin shared a blog article with me <laughs> that he was showing me the UI. Basically, mm. from it is what was interesting, mm. but they, this guy walks through building his own. Oh, uh, nice! React. Maybe I, I'll just copy that. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I, I was, just fork it, man. Yeah, to <laughs> say, yeah, Austin, Austin probably still knows what that is if you if you were interested. In nice. That, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, that. Yes. Oh, so I didn't mean to like, cut you off. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, you you ready for me to make you feel very conflicted? Uh, can we talk about Webpack first? <laughs> yes, yes. We'll come back to the. We'll, we'll come back to what I was going to share. Okay. Um, so, I was arguing earlier this week uh, with someone that I work with because they were they were like, ah, fucking Webpack can't get this shit to work. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, and I was <laughs> like, and I was like, I was like, okay, like let's think about this. Uh, first of all, you can't blame Webpack. Webpack literally does two things. What you're bitching about is some plugin that some dude wrote mm-hmm. that you're relying on. That is 100% true. Most people, myself included, don't really know where Webpack ends and a Webpack plugin begins yep. mm-hmm. that was shoved in there by right. some CLI. So Webpack, Webpack's literal only job is to take your code and put it in a bundle. Um, that's it. Like a bundle of JavaScript and a bundle of CSS. Yeah. Why have yep. I not written my own Webpack? Um, it's not. Maybe you have. It is not I like I, I bet I've written like three of them. It's not super. It's uh, people. This concept of like, oh, it's so complicated. Like, it's because it can do a lot of things, uh, and people use it for a lot of things. But that complexity is an extension of Webpack. It's not Webpack itself. Um, because Webpack has hooks to then pre-process it's a hook. stuff before it goes right. in the exactly bundle, before right? it gets out output into yeah. the, the and text so people file. People are using those hooks and abusing those hooks. And uh, I mean, and, and that they're built. It, it's basically like here, it, here right. are a bunch of these lifecycle methods sure. of like as it's going through the the um, the process of being put in this bundle, do what you need to do. Um, and the actual beautiful thing, uh, so like I love Express because of the way that it's written. I love pieces of, of software that. They're like, use this pattern to use the software, and also that's how this software was built. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Webpack is like that. So Webpack, if you read its source, the way that the lifecycle methods work and it's built is just a bunch of its internal plugins that it's using to do, to do all of right. its things. Ah. So it's basically like an eventing system, and it's got its own plugins listening and doing the things. That's it. That's the way it works. Yeah. Um, and so it's not... It's not super complicated, and people think that way because, like, if it breaks, um, you know, it can be, uh, you know, I'll admit, it can be hard to debug if it breaks, but it's it's also not Webpack that you're probably debugging. It's some motherfucker's code that is shit or is is obtuse, you know? Um, But Webpack does catch a lot of the heat. And and someone made uh, made the argument that it's like WordPress. It's like WordPress works and it's great, but you know what sucks? WordPress plugins. Yeah. Because other I, dudes I, write I, them. I fundamentally disagree with that. Yeah. But okay. I get, I get okay. the sentiment. I get the, I get the sentiment, but WordPress, WordPress core out of the box, still a piece of shit. Okay. I, I don't have a lot of WordPress experience, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I can't really, but someone said that and I was like, oh, I mean, like it seemed to make sense in my head. That's um, how you end up working at a WordPress shop for your next job. Be careful with words like that. I will never do that. WordPress is still every... you can JavaScript on top of WordPress, you know. Uh, Did you know WordPress is being rewritten in React? That doesn't surprise me at all. Well, at some point, WordPress backend was turned into an API. You don't have to deploy it that way, and you could have separate headless headless, headless CMS with with front ends on Mm -hmm. it. That'd be a good thing for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they were trying to make us headless Drupal years ago. It did I, not go well. So here's how much I'm loving it may have Vue. Gone well now, but I'm sorry. I, I, well, I was I was thinking the other day about building a, a, a personal site. I own a domain for my name that mm-hmm. I just don't have anything at having mm-hmm. for years. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll put something up there. And I was like, oh, I want to. Do I need just something at CMS where I can put my bullshit mm-hmm. up? You know. And I started looking into it. And I was like, man, if I'm going to do this, I really want to build the front end in Vue. 
And I was like, oh, what headless CMS? And so I went deep on headless CMS. There's a lot of these now. Uh, so many. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a, a thing now. It's a, it's kind of a clusterfuck. Yep. Uh, I can make some recommendations. Options. Yeah, give me something. And not a static site generator. Headless CMS with an API. Uh, and it doesn't need to be GraphQL, hmm. but I can live with that. San- Sanity is the one I would probably recommend. Is it written in Node? I kind of skipped over all the ones written in the... <laughs> it probably... I mean, it's me. Or is so it a hosted solution? It, it's me, so it's probably written in Node. But I, I think they just Wait, exposed it's, GraphQL. It's me as in, like, you wrote it? He's saying he's oh, making the recommendation. They, <laughs> yeah, 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 I was like, no, I, are you just, like, trying to, like... It's a company... Well, I, mean, I wrote this one, I, I have so personally, I, I have not personally used it, but I have heard many people say good things about it. If it's it, a hosted yeah. solution, I don't care what it's built in. Yeah. It's not like I, I won't use an app that was built with Node. I just yeah. don't want to configure, deploy, and do the DevOps on an app built with Node. Yeah. That makes sense. No, yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, so I think it's hosted, though. Uh, okay. That's actually what I was thinking. I was like, oh, fuck it. My site can be an S3 bucket with my front end on it, and I can... Yeah. yeah. Is it free? I, don't uh, wanna, I think they I, do have a free tier, I think. Yeah. That was the other thing. Is like, I just need to put something out of a personal so site. I'm you, not paying eight bucks a month for a CMS API. Uh, so I have another recommendation. You're okay. not going to like it. What is it? You could... So there's this thing called da- Gatsby. I looked at Gatsby. That's a, I thought it was a static site. It is, but now. if you're just going to write your content in Markdown, why do you need a CMS? Uh, it, not a bad question. Um, but I do want more flexibility on my front end to build static pages with it. Uh, I would look at Gatsby. And then, and then you okay. can literally just host it on Netlify for free. Yeah. And everything will be good. Okay. I'll look into it. I, okay. gl- I, I came up in my research. I kind of you might be able to use Vue. There might be something like Gatsby for Vue. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mic drop and then I gotta walk out. Let's you, do it. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm, conflict I, me. So much conflict. Bum, bum, bum. Creator of Ember. You know his name. I do know who I know, dude. I know exactly what you're gonna say. Please don't say it out loud. <laughs> but our listeners have to know. Okay, Yehuda Katz. Yes. Also created Cargo. Yes. Yeah, I know. Core, core, core contributor to Rust. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I know this. All right, all right. Mm. I know this. I, I, I'm, I'm I just... have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I you think. have to, we've talked about this before from just a humanity moral perspective. You have to allow room for redemption. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, uh, he <laughs> can't maybe cancel. We can't cancel so culture, Yehuda Katz. And, 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 that's right. Yeah. He's trying he's, to redeem himself with those Rust. Those are former sins. In yeah. the same way that uh, so, Ev, not, is it Evan that created Node? Uh, I forget his name. Uh, yeah, uh, um, he also he has regrets. He has he has immense regrets and is trying to rebuild Node with Deno, which is shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't. It like it's like he didn't realize the gr- the things that make Node great, and he's like, I'm going to build a TypeScript GoLang and ha- keep all the shitty things about Go. <laughs> like, because I'm not knowledgeable enough to to uh, man, it pisses me engage off. Engage in that, I just don't know. It. That's a whole other podcast. It sounds like so. so I want to hear about it. Yeah. Oh God, dude, we could we could talk about that. Let's do it. All right, we'll save it for next time. Yeah, yes, sir. Come hang out with us in Austin. Yeah, ViewConf. If you're going to be down there, seriously, hit us up. Yep, and we'll come see you. Blake won't be there. Are you going to be there? Uh, what? What? I'll look at the date. The second yeah. to the fourth. Second May, to the fourth. I might. He's coming. There. He's coming. You I heard might, it here first. There it is. There it is. We got to get another room in the Airbnb. We might be carpooling. You want to carpool go. with us? You want to? If I go, I will absolutely carpool. Post up in our Airbnb. Good. We're going to cut an episode while we're down there too. So yeah. uh, live conference web. Mod. How many days is? Uh, we'll look at. We'll look at it. Uh, I, I can't promise anything, but I, I might be able to go. You can't. He just promise. promised. Yeah, everyone. Uh, you can I, and you did. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to let you talk to my wife. <laughs> Put her through. Let me pot up Channel 9. Call her up. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, it's, been, it's been fun. Yep. Thanks for hanging. We'll talk yeah. to you guys in a week. Adios. See you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. 
Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.higherlofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.